Hello, my friends. This is Bishop Campbell welcoming you again to a short meditation on the theme of living the Catholic life. As our Lord was preparing to face his passion and death and resurrection, all those events we celebrate in in Holy Week, he began in the Gospel of John to teach such powerful lessons about who he was and why he had come among us, the power of his ministry and his service. And one of the aspects of our celebration of Lent is not only to follow the the call to repentance, to renew our lives, to seek forgiveness as we uh, try to give forgiveness as as others, but you may notice that there is a kind of turn in the middle of Lent from the uh, stress on, on forgiveness, on repentance, and a call to conversion, to the question of who is this Jesus Christ? And it is the ministry of Jesus Christ that becomes more and more the central aspect of our Lent, so that as we draw close to the joyful feast of Easter, we might have a, a deeper understanding of what actually was accomplished in the ministry of Jesus Christ. Now, I remember a passage in the Gospel of John in which he was telling about uh, opening the the life of his father to his disciples and about, uh, you know, those who have seen me have seen the father. And he was asked a question, well, how do we get them? Uh, How do we get to the Father? And in response, our Lord says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And I think that's a wonderful statement of our Lord as to his identity, because it opens up to us not only a a deeper understanding of the ministry of Jesus Christ, but it opens uh, up to us a more profound meaning of our call to conversion and what it entails. Now, in the last three Sundays before Palm Sunday, from a long-standing tradition, there are three parts of the Gospel of John that are selected to be read, especially in those places where the catechumens are beginning the final process, the final stage of their admittance to the Holy Sacraments. And these three passages all relate to that statement of Jesus that I am the way, the truth, and the life. The first of these passages you have already heard. That is, it is the passage of the meeting of Jesus and the Samaritan woman at the well. That is taken from the fourth chapter of John. The ninth chapter, the entirety of the chapter, is dedicated to the account of the man born blind. And the final one of these is chapter 11, and that is the raising of Lazarus and the gospel and the meaning of death and resurrection. And as I said, every one of these passages relates to a particular part of that statement of Jesus, that I am the way, the truth, and the life. 
Now, as I said, these passages mark the Sundays, which are the final stages of preparation for the catechumens and and candidates before they are admitted to the sacraments of the church. But we must also remember that the holy season of Lent is also a renewal of the catechumenate for all the members of the church, a time that we remember and renew the meaning of our baptism and confirmation, the meaning of the call to conversion, and a deeper realization of our devotion to our Heavenly Father through Jesus Christ and in the Holy Spirit. So let me take the first saying, I am the way. Now, of course, as you know, the gospel was originally written in Greek. And the Greek word for the way that was used is hados. That word hados is the word from which we get the word exodus. And that that combination of the way and the meaning of exodus is really a, a, a touching reference to the most powerful event in the Old Testament, and that is the exodus of the Jews from Egypt, from slavery to freedom, and in a more spiritual sense, from darkness to light, from sin to righteousness. And this sense of Jesus as being the way is especially made powerful in that account of the meeting of Jesus with the Samaritan woman at the well, in which very slowly uh, the faith is awakened in the woman through the, uh, the metaphor of water. Obviously, this touches for Christians upon the sacrament of baptism and the power of, of that sacrament. But what I think is so interesting is that the change in the woman is so profound, especially when she realizes that our Lord has revealed to her not only the details of her life, but the meaning of her life. And you may notice she runs back into the village. She becomes willing to move in order to proclaim the good news. And Jesus, as the way, is the one who calls us to be willing to move, to move along a pathway, to move from darkness or our faults to the place where we ought to be. But we have to move. We are called to make changes of habits that inhibit our closer association with God through Jesus Christ. It is a willingness to change the way we see things because we want to keep before our eyes a very clear sense of the goal of our lives, of the meaning, where we are going. Because in the end is our beginning. That is, knowing where we ought to be is the way by shaping our life in order to get there. But we have to be willing to move. And sometimes it is arduous. If you read the uh, book of Exodus, you notice that along the way how often the Israelites became tired and discouraged. And in fact, some of them became so upset that they told Moses it would have been better if we had died in Egypt. At least there was food there. 
And uh, Moses had to constantly uh, remind them, you are forgetting. It is not only that you had all these vegetables and, and rich things to eat, but you were slaves. And in order to escape that slavery, you had to move. And my friends, for Christians, in order to escape the slavery of sin, of hatred, of violence, of darkness, we have to move. And it can be arduous. But Jesus is the way. And he gives us the power not only of his example, but of his companionship. The second uh, so-called pericope or passage from John that is read is, uh, is read on the fourth uh, Sunday of Lent. That is the story of the healing of the blind man, of the man born blind. It's a very powerful story of how an individual comes to faith and the decisions that uh, he has to make along the way. I would ask you to listen very carefully to the, this passage as it is read this coming Sunday. But I, I associate that passage with the declaration that Jesus is the truth. And in encountering that, that truth, it is first a matter of opening our, our eyes and our ears that we might see and hear. The first act of the conversion of the man born blind was his healing. And what's interesting about it is the, the man born blind did not ask for a miracle. It was on the initiative of Jesus that he, he took that, that mixture from the dirt and applied it to the eyes of the man born blind, and he could see. And there must have been an enormous wonderment but then the question immediately arises, once you can see, what do you see? And once you can hear, is what do you listen to? And in that story of the man born blind, he goes through a, a period of challenges. Some of them uh, reject the fact that Jesus actually did this. It was something natural. The man was faking it uh, to begin with. But uh, at each stage, he makes uh, a wonderful declaration. The first thing he says about Jesus is that he was a good man and he healed me. The second statement under duress he makes is, well, God doesn't grant these miracles just haphazardly. It cannot, it's an act of God. So therefore, Jesus must be a prophet until he comes to the very end where Jesus asked them, do you know who I am? And the blind man makes that act of faith in Jesus. He learns to see, he learns to hear. And Jesus being the truth is the one who calls us during this Lent to understand more deeply who this Christ is. We do it by listening more carefully to the word that he speaks and to opening our eyes to his actions, to his miracles. And not only to know who Christ is, but how we live Christ ourselves, 
How do we live the Christ life if he is the truth? Because we cannot do that which is good unless we know what is good and what is true. So in Jesus we have that through the power of of his miracle of opening our eyes and ears, a life of a continuing pondering of the truth and a discovery of its depths as the source of all happiness and peace. In spite of difficulties, in spite of challenges, it is Jesus Christ who is the light. And finally, we have that very powerful chapter 11, which is the story of the raising of Lazarus. Jesus is not only the way, the truth, he is the life. And I think the story of that Lazarus, which is very dramatic, and uh, again, you know, uh, like the man born blind, Lazarus becomes the subject of a miracle for which he did not ask. But it it was done just to show the great power and the great love of, of, of Jesus. And I think in that account of, of Lazarus, we have a deeper understanding of what Jesus meant when he said, I am the life. Because what he is revealing to us is what we are meant to be. That is, we are meant and we are destined to everlasting life. In spite of that terrible moral hiccup of sin that caused our natural death, but we are here meant for everlasting life. And not only is our our Lord facing and overcoming all the threats to our dignity as, as sons and daughters of God, he has met them and he's overcome them. He has met all of our fears and he eliminates them and especially the final and most powerful fear that we have, which is the fear of death. In overcoming that fear, our Lord himself, who felt the anguish of natural death, faced natural death, our death as well, and broke its power. I am the way, the truth, and the life, our Lord says. And from this comes a profound consolation, a deep hope that even in the worst of times, there is that defense, that understanding. And even in the good times, a true source of rejoicing. For in Jesus Christ, the life, we see that indication of what we are to become. And we rejoice and embrace that life and that service and ministry of Jesus in order that all the words he spoke will be fulfilled within us.